It's time for Real Talk with Brian and Dan, the weekly talk radio show dedicated to discussing important real estate topics, plus insight into the local community. With a combined experience of over 50 years as local real estate brokers from the Eastside Real Estate Team at Keller Williams Realty Bellevue. Here's your hosts, Brian Levitt and Dan Edwards. Good afternoon. Welcome to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. It's Wednesday, May 15th, 2019. Thanks for joining us today. We have a great show lined up. We have Stephen Walter from Legacy Estate Planning and Stephen Cohen from IBA, or International Business Associates. They're business brokers. But first, let's have some Real Talk. All right, we're going to talk about April's numbers. April's inventory numbers are increasing this season for selling. Keep in mind, we're still in a friendly seller's market. In April, the number of total active listings in King County rose from 78.46% from 2,591 last year to 4,624. On the east side, our inventory increased 78% as well year over year from April of 2018. Now, these numbers may look drastic, Brian, but... uh, it was pretty up from last month. What do you think? You know, what I think is is there's a lot more inventory for buyers to choose from, yet we're still in a very robust seller's market. Yeah. So sellers, you know, uh, a year ago I might see five five to ten offers on a hot listing. Today I'm seeing two good ones, and all it takes is one good one. Right. But what that means for buyers is less competition and more selection. So you know what they say, Dan? It's always never a been a better buy. time to buy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So pending sales were up and closed sales were down. According to our King County Home Sales Report, pending sales across King County also showed an increase of 15.13%, and Eastside pending sales were up 22.13%. King County closed sales were about the same as last April, down uh, 0.9%. Eastside closed sales also decreased by 1.33%. Yeah, 0.9%. So that's, that's like Pretty nothing. stable. That's mm-hmm, nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, um, what are your thoughts uh, on that, Dan? So the interesting part, we talked last month when we did these numbers, we talked about how inventory uh, from Snowmageddon was going to be delayed to the market and pending and closed sales were going to be delayed as well. So these numbers are showing the closed sales being even with what they were last year means they were affected by the homes that went pending in mm. March, yeah. right? And pending sales being up, that's actually pretty good because as we saw last year, we were running into a situation where um, where we were having a, a reduction in pending sales and a reduction in closed sales and an increase in inventory. Uh-huh. So as I watch that month after month, I, I'm trying to see where are we headed next? Where are we going next? Mm. And to me, that's a good sign to show high pending sales. It, it actually... Well, it's a good news for sellers. It means inventory is moving. Like right. if you get your home on the, on the market, it's yeah, moving. We're peak sales season. Right yeah, now. So, yeah, yep. definitely. So the median house uh, sales price in King County is showing the effects of the ability of buyers to choose. It dropped down 3.85% over last year to 625000 and a median sales price on the east side saw a decrease of 1.92% down to 835.5. Yeah, I see that as stabilization, right? right? Like if you look at the previous month, the previous month it was like 825. Mm-hmm. This month it's 835. So it's month over month it's going up, but year over year it's kind of bouncing back and forth yeah. because essentially we're just seeing um, that norm- that volatility that comes with a normalization in the market. Right. So, And you know, another thing I think is when you look at these numbers, the you know, median numbers, um, I'm seeing a little bit of slowing in the luxury market. 
So yes. the up, upper end, which skews the number downward slightly when those higher end sales slow. Yeah, and in addition to that, last week we talked about how hot the economy was and what that right. kind of played into what what's going on with how hot it is. But there's also a concern right now nationwide about a possible recession coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, we were talking about that off, off the air. Right. What are your thoughts on the possible recession? You know, I don't think for a while. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at what's happening right now with, uh, you know, the stock market bump we saw this week, you know, and the uh, tariff situation. But you look at employment figures, you look at the overall economy, dang, it's strong. Yeah. And so what I'm reading with uh, people that are supposedly in the know is uh, not yet. Consumer confidence, I think, is a little lower than what the pros have to say. Yeah. I think you read some of the same reports I did. Okay. And... Um, you know, uh, the three out of the four people whose reports I read said, yeah, uh, we will eventually see a recession, but not yet. Yeah, what goes up must come down. Right. It's just the law of economics. There's pressure in both directions. Uh, and the reasons for it are, are numerous. That's why we kind of kind of see a, a volatility yeah. in there. One of the things I read that, I, that struck me was the comment that nobody's seeing us uh, move towards anything we had like 2008 but that we may feel the effects of even a lesser recession more because it's been so good for so long. Right. So we'll all feel it. But even in that, there'll be wonderful, um, exciting investment opportunities. You know, it's like going uh, 80 miles an hour on the freeway. I mean, wait, 60. I only go 60 on the freeway. (laughs) It's like going 60 miles an hour on the freeway. And then when you take the exit, how much slower you feel like you're going, even though you're still going fast. That's kind of the concept. That's a good analogy. Hey, did you see the news about Washington State? Uh, I didn't. Tell me. U.S. Uh, was it U.S. News, I think, uh, came out with uh, Washington State being the top state to live in. Really? That's yeah. exciting. That's great. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> One of our studio's guests. I, mean, I know what you're thinking, Stephen. You're like, yeah. oh, great. More people yeah. coming here. I mean, that's yeah. what Brian and I so get excited about. But my yeah. uh, son, Ben, this morning, he's telling me, okay, remember, stick with the line. It always rains here. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and he, right. That's and, he, right. And, he, and this guy, he's a numbers kid. He says, no, it rain, he starts listing off all the cities that rain more than Seattle. But he don't. says, but hold the line so that yeah. people don't move here. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's our guess secret. guess what, folks? <laughs> it <laughs> rains here two minutes a day. So today was like... Like the first day of rain in how many days? Two weeks at least. More than that. Yeah. Yeah, man, my allergies were killing me. It's, it's nice to have some liquid sunshine to yeah, wash away that air. stuff. So, yep. Well, that is our real talk for this segment. Brian, you got, you got any other final thoughts before we uh, head on to our uh, commercial break? Not at this point. I'll have some uh, later. That's right. A couple exciting things to share. All right, cool. But, so, yeah. after the break, we're going to be, let's see. Oh, yes, I did have one more thought actually. But I'm, I'm going to skip it because it sounds like we're heading off to break. So after the break, we're going to talk with, uh, let's see, who's first? Do, do, do. Oh, our mortgage moment. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking to uh, uh, Wes Graham, Wes the mortgage Graham. guy. All right. If he can't do it, nobody can. All right. So we'll get Wes going here. So. Come back after the break. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar, if you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425 200 4093 
or check out our website at the eastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. International Business Associates, commonly known as IBA, was established in 1975 by a group of experienced business brokerage professionals who believed that they could provide better customer service, market knowledge, transactional experience, and professional representation while maintaining confidentiality than was currently available to the Pacific Northwest. On this foundation, IBA has grown into the regional leader in business sale transactions involving privately held companies and family-owned businesses. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, you're back with Real Talk uh, with Dan and Brian, and we've got um, our mortgage guy, Wes Graham, on the line with us. Wes, how are you doing today? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great. So, so it's the mortgage moment. What's going on in mortgages this moment? <laughs> yes. So mortgages, uh, you know, as far as volume is concerned, guys, we've really had a really good 60 days here of mortgage. We've had what we did see uh, about five, six weeks ago was just really rates fall down to where we've seen a lot of refinancing happen over the last 45 days. So you're seeing volume up across the board with all lenders right now. That really have their pipelines full of refinance transactions. Oh, interesting. And so, so that's what we're really seeing is just really added benefit and refinancing. And really what we're seeing is people that, you know, took mortgage insurance and put less than 20% down over the last two to three years when they bought their property. We're seeing them refinance into a lower rate and also getting out of their mortgage insurance. So I'd say nice. that's kind of uh, the the flow that we're seeing in today's uh, market as far as mortgage is concerned. Um, another thing that I'm seeing, guys, is just the ability to look at different options when we look at purchase transactions and really looking at contingency and non-contingency, right? The biggest right. hurdle most agents have in today's market when there's multiple offer situations is, is we're really – seeing a situation where, you know, someone that has a contingency on the sale of their current property mm -hmm. in order to buy their, their new property, we're really starting to see them, you know, not be able to get that to completion. Uh, and what right. we're seeing is alternative options. And so what I want to talk about today with you guys is just what are some alternative options when it comes to trying to become non-contingent on buying your next property. Nice. Okay. So, what, what are yeah. the options? And so what are the options? So there's two real options to look at, guys. And so what most lenders do now is they allow someone to rent their current property that they have at close. And what they do essentially is the client essentially has to have a minimum of 5% down of their own funds in order to do this. And so what they're seeing is, is someone come in, put 5% down on their property that they're buying, and they're renting their current property that they own. Um, and what that does is it offsets the current mortgage payment that they have on that property by using a rental income. Uh, and so it's a really a two-step process. It's what we're seeing is lo a low down payment of 5% on their new property, them renting the current property that they're in. And then once they wind up selling that property, let's call it 12 months down the road or six months down the road, uh, what we're seeing is what they call recasting. And so what the recasting is, guys, is essentially – 
going from a 5% down mortgage to once you get proceeds from the sale of your current property, applying that towards your new loan and recasting your actual mortgage. So let's say you get into your new mortgage with 5% down. All of a sudden, you sell your other property six months down the road. Now you have this extra 200 grand sitting in proceeds. You can actually apply that to your new mortgage without refinancing, hmm. and you can actually re- get rid of mortgage insurance at that point and, and reduce your monthly mortgage yep. payment without yep. refinancing at all. So it's now, called recast, it, and it's an option that we have um, that everyone seems to be utilizing in today's world so, so Wes, they can does become that re- non-contingent on, the say, on, on their actual purchase of the property. Does that reset that the interest rate at that time, or is it the interest rate they lock into at origination? So that's the beauty of it is, is since rates are so low right now, you actually take the interest rate that you close with. So it's not like you're redoing your mortgage. It's not a new loan. You're simply re-amortizing your mortgage with the same interest rate that you locked in at at time of closing. And so you simply just reduce your monthly mortgage payment. You come back to me and say, okay, Wes, I have $150,000 from the sale of my property. I would like to recast my mortgage. And so instead of spending another couple thousand dollars Mm -hmm. on closing costs, a recast is only $250. And it simply allows you to get rid of mortgage insurance and lower your monthly payment with the proceeds from the sale of your property. Essentially, they have to qualify with one property being rented Right, and and then their income adjusted for the five percent down. Is that correct, Wes? That's that's correct. And so the the, the big caveat to this is is how do you get to the five percent? Because a lot of people are banking on the proceeds of the sale of their property, right? To, right. To obviously close on on a mortgage. And what the biggest hurdle that I see out there is is trying to get to that minimum five percent down mark, right? And so what we're seeing is people you know borrow from their four hundred one k and basically wind up paying it back in a shorter time frame once they sell their other property, whether that be six months or 12 months down the road. Remember, in order to qualify for this, we have to use rental income from your outgoing property. Right. So you have to be comfortable with hanging onto your property for a six-month lease or a 12-month lease because we're using that rental income from your current property to offset your debt ratio. So that doesn't have to be seasoned. just has to be have to provide a rental agreement. Is that right? That's correct. You have to provide a rental agreement at closing along with a deposit that I can see inside your bank statement. Sure. So assuming the ratios work, could a uh, buyer use a home equity line to come up with their 5%? Absolutely. And so, you know, when looking at the 5% down option, the, the, the problem with the home equity line is the, the banks that offer home equity lines are pretty backed up right now because, Brian, uh, as you excellent. know, we have a lot of equity in our properties locally right. here. Right. Mm-hmm. And so someone that tries to start the property that, or the, the, tries to start yeah. the process of applying for a home equity line, what we're seeing is that home equity line taking, you know, sometimes 30 to 45 days right. to close. Yeah. And so if you do it, in prepping for, you know, doing this type of transaction, my advice to anyone is, is if you are, are going to struggle to get to your 5% down, Go ahead and take out a home equity line of credit okay. now. Yep. You keep it a zero balance. You don't have to pay anything on it. Right. But if you have it in place, it gives you that extra tool to be able to get to your 5% down payment. Yep. And well, uh, that's something that is, I see right now, like, you know, the BECUs of the world or the, the home, any, home equity line yeah. of credit banks that are out there, they are a little bit backed up. So you kind of have to be out in front of this right. before you start looking for homes. And don't be afraid to apply for a home equity line of credit 
because, again, you're not going to pay on it unless you utilize it. Right, right. So, Wes, thank you. As we wrap up, please tell our listeners how to get a hold of you. So I can be lo- I'm located down in Kirkland on the waterfront. My phone number direct is 425-268-0116. And my email address is westg at wfmtg.com. That's All great. Right. Thank All right. You. Hey, Wes, thank you so much for your mortgage moment. We appreciate your input. And now we can keep our uh, home sellers from being home- homeless. That's right. Haven't put anyone on the street yet. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right. After the break, we're going to come back with Stephen Cohen of IBA, and uh, we're going to learn about his business brokerage. So uh, join us right after this break. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact. Homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Nothing is more important than your family. Do you have an estate plan that would protect them if you were gone? Steve Walter with Legacy Estate Planning has helped individuals and families just like yours create their estate plans helping his clients preserve their wealth, protect their family, and leave their legacy. Steve has expertly crafted thousands of estate plans for his clients in the last 20 years, and he can help you too. To learn more, dial 425-455-6788. That's 425-455-6788. Or visit walter.com. That's walter, W-A-L-T-A-R.com to set up a free consultation. Legacy Estate Planning, helping you leave your best legacy. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our first guest joins us from International Business Associates, commonly known as IBA. IBA is a full-service business brokerage firm that specializes in selling privately held companies and family-owned businesses. The most important thing you should know about Stephen is that he is, a pa- he is passionate about business owners feeling empowered in making well-informed financial decisions with a partner they can trust. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you. Hey, as we get started here, I'd uh, like to know a little bit about you. What do you do when you're not uh, brokering businesses? Well, I love to play golf. Do a little hot yoga, hang out with my kids. Definitely have been known to binge watch a few series and cannot believe that Sunday marks the end of Game of Thrones. Oh, I know. What did you think of that episode? Oh, God. (laughs) It was carnage. It was carnage. Oh, my gosh. Well, so uh, this is a show about real estate. We do real estate talk and information, but we like to get to know our guests from a, a standpoint of when you were growing up in the house that you grew up in, what's a fond memory that you have? Well, the older I get and 
I, I realize how blessed I was. My parents actually bought a l- sort of late 1800s brownstone in New York, fully intact, oh wow. with Victorian ceilings, floor-to-length mirrors, which they stripped off. You saw the original wood, marble floors. They bought it for $18,000, if oh. you could believe that, in 1970. It's probably worth about $2.5 million oh, wow. today, wow. and it was a really pretty house. What part of uh, New York? Brooklyn, New York, an area called uh, Fort Greene. Wow. Fabulous. So can you describe for our listeners what your company does? Well, our entire company is real estate agents like yourselves. We're not as handsome as Dan <laughs> and Brian. The reason we're Lottery real estate agents is, uh, <laughs> but we are a business brokerage firm. So we sell businesses very similar to the real estate process. And the reason we're all licensed is if a business owner owns the building they're in, we're able to sell their business and their commercial real estate as well. It also protects potential sellers knowing that we have licenses on file with the state of Washington, that we're regulated in terms of confidentiality, disclosure, representation. So it's nice to have an actual business brokerage firm help with the sale of your business. So if the business is in a leased location, is part of your service renegotiating a lease or assisting in that portion? We generally get involved in that. We facilitate, but usually the landlord deals directly with the buyer of a business and they come to terms together. We don't get any kind of success fee on that. They deal directly. The landlords actually like it because they technically get a new tenant without giving out a commercial real estate fee. Okay. So this is not on the show sheet, but uh, how did you get started in this? Well, my wife and I for 13 years owned a franchise here in the area, very well known, called The Little Gym. Youth mm-hmm. Gymnastics mm-hmm. and uh, Motor Skill Building. We had three locations in uh, Renton, Maple Valley, and Federal Way. We did it for 13 years. It was, a, it was a beautiful thing to do while we raised our kids. But when it was time to be done, we're like, well, how do we get out of this? And we mm. started doing research on business brokers in the area, interviewed a number of them. I actually made a mistake choosing a different firm for six months that promised me a higher value mm-hmm. but wasn't able to deliver. Then I went back to IBA mm. and I you worked with them and they completed the sale of our business. I got to know the principal well and he invited me to go to real estate school, get my license, and join the team. So as I look at uh, you know, a business broker and what you, what you do, how familiar with each business model do you need to be in order to help somebody sell their company? Well, chances are because of the way IBA is structured as a team with multiple brokers, there's going to be somebody familiar with your model on the team. And that's what the principal does is he sort of vets the leads as they come in and he likes us to specialize. So, for instance, my specialty is retail and obviously uh, I'm in the education business, sold the preschool, sold the restaurant. And if it's something manufacturing or boating related, we have a specialist for that as well. So does IBA charge for its business evaluations? It does not, and that's the way it's been since hmm. 1975. And IBA is the oldest firm in the Pacific Northwest. The reason being, other firms sometimes charge, and it's not to say that it's not worth spending money on. A good valuation is a worthwhile tool to have. It's just that our position is is that we take time up front with the seller They get to know us. We get to know them. We get a real sense of what it would be like to work together. We hope to show them our professionalism, our market knowledge when we deliver them this valuation, and we don't charge for it. It's really a vetting process for both parties. Is that somewhat unique in the industry? 
It is pretty unique. I think some like to charge an upfront fee, and it may not be a large, or they might just charge a a down payment if you want to list with them and then a success fee later in the transaction. There's a few different ways. The business brokerage world in the state of Washington, it really does vary from state to state. It's kind of like the Wild West out here. Mm -hmm. Not not as structured. Not regulated. As your real estate. And that's why it's nice to work for a firm that is licensed with the state of Washington. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to somebody hiring you and you say you work as a team, would they work with you or is it going to be designated off to like a junior broker or something like that? We don't have any junior brokers. Everyone is equal. So once they engage with the broker that knows their business model, that's the only person they'll ever work with. And all the way to the very end, from the beginning, the first meeting to the valuation, we facilitate every part of the transaction right through to the closing room. Mm-hmm. They need us in the, tra- in the, in the transition process. We're there mm-hmm. as well. Now, what the nice thing is, is no matter how many years, whether it's myself with four years experience, we have people with double digit years, we always have our principal and managing broker who's got about 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't take that many transactions of his own because he like, likens himself to a coach. So he's always there to coach, consult, Oversight. and provide wisdom. Yeah. And the customers never see that. Right. right. So how important is broker experience in the sale of a business? I'd say it's really important. I mean, we all have to do our, our first deal, and uh, it was scary, my first one a few <laughs> years back. But again, I had that, that principle of managing broker to lean on. Yeah. And once you get going, it's amazing how in every single transaction, I've, I've done seven to 10 now, I don't know exactly how many, there's always something where experience doesn't even apply, where it's just mm-hmm. you sort of go into your gut and you've, you've spent time with the parties, and again, you just come up with, a strategy. It could be anything. It could be a difficulty with the landlord, with the banker. All of a sudden, something will come up, you know, that wasn't discussed way back when. We try and, you know, discuss all financial terms, everything ahead of time, but, you know, something will come up. And that's where the wisdom of some experience comes in. But in the end, you just have to get on the phone and communicate, not via email. We're very much more in person and on the telephone. We're old school that way. (laughs) Well, Brian, I see so many parallels between this and real estate, right? Right. Talking about the prep work, getting a business Mm -hmm. ready to sell, very similar to uh, real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, What are the costs then associated with this? So again, we don't charge for the valuation. We never charge for anything. The only way we get paid, similar to you guys, is if we deliver a buyer who's financially capable of completing the transaction at terms that the seller is happy with, and more than anything, somebody that they really believe will carry on their legacy and they're willing to spend one, two, three months in a transition process at Mm -hmm. that time. And after everything is closed and they've got funded, we're paid right out of escrow, just like real estate agents. And I'd say a good gauge is basically six to 10%. 10% 10% on mm-hmm. smaller values, and that is the total commission that a person will pay. Sometimes, not as often as you guys, a buyer might have a business broker of their own, so they get paid out of that. So that's the total. There's no more than that. I see. Hmm. So I asked you earlier about assisting with the lease process, but in the sale, if the business owns the real estate, you facilitate the sale of that real estate. But I'm curious, are there times when the business and the real estate might be sold separately? Yeah, absolutely. They may... Well, Folks may want to keep their real estate. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then uh, lease it back to the Heck new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's as, a great idea. As you all know, commercial real estate right. is one of the most amazing investments there's out there, especially in this area. I mean, there are people that have buildings that they own free and clear. 
and they're just printing money, to be honest. So mm. it, it can happen separately. Usually we like to do it together, but usually 7 to 10, 70% or so of our clients are folks retiring. Mm-hmm. And when they decide it's time to go, they really want to liquidate everything. They want to be done. So yeah, I like think so. it de- it depends, right? I mean, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of times uh, the value of that business is in what it's doing in the location it's in, right? right. Number That's, one rule in real estate, location, location, location. True, right. true. And yep. sometimes we will educate someone and say that this is not a project for us to sell your business. To be honest with you, it, it was a good business that served you for a while, but you're better off just selling the real estate and looking for a different use for the building because you will make more in the long run. Hmm. Now, do you then, you you handle the commercial real estate sale? Not in that case. In that not case, in that case. In that case, we would refer it on to one of our referral partners. We have a few. Mm-hmm. IBA really approaches things almost if from a family perspective. Like if the, the person we're speaking to was an aunt or an uncle, what would be the best advice we would give them? I've talked myself out of many of sale, and I've convinced people to keep their business longer. Sometimes they think they're done. I'm like, hey, if you can do this for a couple more years, just remember, you know it best. And when it comes time to sell, you're you're only going to get a few years or so of, of what you're making this year. So just, and you're going to have a tax event. You know, you and I have talked about this before in the past, like when is a good time to get your business evaluated? And I, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but when is a good time? If you're an owner of a business, do you need to wait until you're thinking about exiting or? Well, our caveat that we do free valuations. It really is when somebody is honestly, seriously considering it, selling it within the next year or two. Okay. So if it's they want to know what it's going to sell for five years from now, it's of no value because our valuation strategies really incorporate the last three years. Like so right focus, now. Yeah. We What's focus on? on the last three years in the current picture. All right. So I asked you the how did you get started? So now what I'd like to know is who is an ideal candidate besides, I mean, Besides somebody that's selling their business in the next year, who's somebody that you've talked to recently that would be a good introduction for you? Well, hopefully other realtors listen to this show, and I'll speak quickly, because the ideal candidate is who I I was lucky enough to stand in front of a room of 30 realtors yesterday. Oh, nice. And Mm. introduce to them a program that IBA has. First of all, IBA doesn't stand for Independent Brokers Association. We're not not in competition, but... You guys, you real estate, residential real estate agents, you're the connectors of the world. You touch Mm -hmm. everybody. And we have a referral program where if somebody says they want to move out of the area and they're done and they want to retire, they have to sell their home. And if they have a business, they probably need to get started on their business before the home because it can take a little bit longer. So we have a program where if a real estate agent refers someone to IBA and we end up taking on the project and selling, we pay you guys right out of escrow too. You could be either Mm -hmm. on the buyer or the seller side. So this is just something I'd really, I'm really making a big focus on just spreading the word and the awareness. It's just something to know that. So the networking aspect of that. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Awesome. Um, all right. We got so, about two minutes left. Did you yeah. have one? Well, I was just thinking, I'll bet this is tough sometimes, uh, people letting go of their baby. There's, they've spent a lifetime perhaps building this business. Is that, uh, how does that play out? Well, in the end, and I, I can honestly say I've done that each of the times. I mean, I've had a couple of uh, businesses where there have been multiple offers. And the first question, I, and they don't necessarily stack up financially, but I can remember a meeting or two where I'd say, if, if who was the person first? Before we look at the offers financially, who is the person that you see is the best fit to carry on your legacy? At the end of the mm-hmm. day, numbers mm-hmm. aside, and I think I think might be a little bit different than residential real estate, although there's a little bit element. A business is more so 
there has to be a connection between the buyer and the seller. The seller really has to like the buyer and see that they're going to be able to carry on what they built. They have the same level of passion. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and be uh, willing to help them. Yeah. Residential, Both. we call that the love letter. Right. And we usually play that last. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's part yeah. of the process from the minute they meet, you can see. That's probably the most important process. It really, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. basically, like you said, you built, you spent years or decades, right, building. Pouring this, your soul this, into it. Yeah. Yep. You, the last thing you want to do is have somebody just look at the bottom line and not, yeah. not get passionate about it. And that, that's why I like it so much. It's just so interesting to be part of that moment. And the buyers, I mean, they're just so nervous. They may have never owned a business before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're scared. And I mean, this human being came into their life. I mean, they, they can vet them upside and down, but you don't really know the person. I mean, right. And you're trusting them that they're, this is what they built. These are the numbers behind it, and it's going to carry on. There's so much goodwill in it in these businesses that it really does come down to the people. Awesome. That's great. So, Stephen, how do our listeners get a hold of you? Our website is I, as in Igloo, B as in Boy, A as in Apple, Inc.com. That's one way. Or my name is Stephen. Again, my cell phone directly is 425 443 2322 or email is Stephen with a PH H at IBAINC.com. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Stay tuned for our guest. Our next guest is also a Stephen. After the break, we'll be talking estate planning with Stephen Walter of Legacy Estate Planning. We'll be right back. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. International Business Associates, commonly known as IBA, was established in 1975 by a group of experienced business brokerage professionals who believed that they could provide better customer service, market knowledge, transactional experience, and professional representation while maintaining confidentiality than was currently available to the Pacific Northwest. On this foundation, IBA has grown into the regional leader in business sale transactions involving privately held companies and family-owned businesses. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our next guest is Steve Walter. Steve Steve is an estate planning attorney in Bellevue, Washington. He's been practicing estate planning since 1996 and founded his firm Legacy Estate Planning almost 20 years ago. His firm has created thousands of estate plans for their clients, as well as helped hundreds of families through probate or estate administration process after the loved one has passed. He's an expert in the field and has written two books on estate planning and is regularly asked to educate other attorneys and professionals about estate planning and administration through speaking engagements. Please welcome to the show, Stephen Walter. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. 
Stephen, tell us a bit about yourself. What do you do when you're not helping someone with their estate planning? Uh-huh. Well, I'm taking a break from rowing crew, uh, you know, hopping in a boat and stuff like that. And I'm actually training to uh, ride from Seattle to Vancouver. Oh. So that's, uh, what, in August? So I got a few STP months to go. Or it's RSVP. Oh, going north or south? Going north. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's cool. So, uh, and you recently rowed somewhere. What was that about? Oh, I did a national uh, championship uh, in August. How'd, how'd you guys do? We did well. Our team won the team competition, and I got three gold medals, which was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I thought it was a good time right. to kind of retire. <laughs> Go out on the top, right? Top. Exactly. That's good. Awesome. So, you know, we ask all our guests this question to kind of go back into the memory box, pull out a memory from when you were growing up and the house that you grew up in. Yeah, I grew up in the Tri-Cities, and we were about a oh, block and a half from the Columbia River. And I remember in the backyard, we had trees, and we had one of those wild, wild west zip lines. That was really cool oh, to kind of zip, you know, me and my nice. brother. But the other thing I was thinking about is we, we were always getting in, in and out of trouble as, as young kids. And there was a way to get in and out of the house through the woodshed. So that's really cool. You could be indoors oh, or you could be outdoors. You could be trying to get away from someone, and you could get a secret way to get in or out of the house. Right, just that's spiders pretty, in there. Pretty though. cool, man. Lots that's, of spiders you know, in there, though. Yeah, right? that's for sure. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of. There's <laughs> right. the Black Widows. Yeah, that's good. So uh, tell us a little, little bit about uh, what estate planning is. Yeah, so, I mean, we all we all eventually die. We, you know, estate planning really just means that you're planning who the heck would take care of things during your lifetime. Who would you trust to, to keep you out of court, you know, uh, powers of attorney, things like that. So a good estate plan means that your people can manage things while you're alive. And then even when we pass and, you know, we eventually die, it means that the, the, the right things go to the right people the right way with usually the least amount of cost and hassle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's really uh, how, how is it that you came to say that's the part of law that I want to practice? Ah, yeah. So um I did lots. I, I thought I was going to go into the ministry, and I did all sorts of different kinds of law. But then when my mother-in-law died, uh, you know, we're a community property state, and people just think, oh, there's nothing to do. They had a will, but they had no idea. People think things are automatic in Washington, and they're not. Mm-hmm. So I did the probate. I did the 706 estate tax return. I helped this family through the death of a loved one. I mean, they just had no clue mm-hmm. what to do. And I realized that the mind of an attorney and the heart of a pastor hmm. and that it really helped that family. Oh, and so I left the firm that I was doing all sorts of law. And that's when I started doing exclusively estate planning, hmm. Hmm. helping families, you know. Right. Right. So that may answer my next question. Who needs an estate plan? Yeah. I mean, essentially, we all need estate plans. I mean, if you're under 18, you don't. But, you know, people uh, we were talking even before the radio show, um, you know, once, obviously, when people have children, they need wills to list guardians. When people have real property, you need to figure out how you're going to pass that on. You need powers of attorney to manage it during your lifetime. You need a will or a trust. You know, it depends on your goals. I mean, not everyone needs living trust. I think it's a great way to avoid taxes, avoid court. But you really, to, to answer what kind of estate plan you need, you have to figure out what, what the goals are. Who, who's going to benefit from your estate plan? So I would say, I guess go back to your first question, who needs estate planning? Once you're 18, you really need something in place. You might just need powers of attorney or HIPAA forms. You know, kids are off at college. Parents want to make sure if something happens, they're not blocked from all access. Oh, I see. And then once you own things, you, you know, I mean, even when you own a bank account, you have an estate plan, like who's the payable on death beneficiary. But really, when you start thinking about it, young young families with children need Mm -hmm. full estate plans. 
And then people that own a bunch of property or anyone that's got more than a million bucks or more than two million bucks, then there's lots of estate tax reasons to, to have an estate plan. Yeah, it was funny. When you were saying the 18-year-old, I was thinking, what? So the parents can inherit their beat-up, you know, Chevy <laughs> yeah, It's or not for assets. It's for management. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's right. the management issue. Who would you trust? I mean, the worst thing is when you don't have planning, there's an accident or a sickness, and all of a sudden you have to go to court. Even if you're the parent, you don't have authority to make choices for management or you don't or, or for health choices. Hmm. There's just lots of rules and wow. regulations. And, what is that called? Well, uh, health care power of attorney okay, yeah. or financial power to, to get around the HIPAA laws. That's that's the, the big hmm. the big bugaboo. I'd think it'd be less money to pay for this up front than pay to go to court later. Well, that's essentially it. I mean, estate planning's kind of it's an act of love. It's some prevention. It's kind of getting ahead of the curve. There was a guy in Seattle that took his mom <clears throat> She collapsed, and he took her to, like, you know, Pill Hill or Swedish or Harborview, dropped her off, and then he went and got a coffee or a beer. I don't know what he got. He went back, and then they wouldn't tell him where his mom was. It made the front oh, page no. of the Seattle Times. Oh, wow. Back in about 2004. There was no health care power attorney. He had no authority, and they were going to be sued right. if they gave private information to the someone. HIPAA. doesn't matter if you're a relative. Yeah. doesn't even matter if you're married. You're on the permission slip, but you can't authorize surgery for your spouse. Hmm. So once you're married... You need a plan. Once you have assets, you need a plan. All right. So why should someone create an estate plan, um, look for a qualified estate planning attorney instead of just going online, right? We can get a lot of stuff online. Yeah. The trick is that you don't know what kind of documents you need. Uh, I've seen one really, really, really terrible thing where someone did a power of attorney form online or it, and it, it had it was so broad that when their father died, this this related to my brother. My brother um, had surgery from a, a guy at Children's Hospital, really good surgeon, and this guy loved to uh, ski. And he was up in Canada, and he was um, he died in a helicopter accident. Mm. He you know a surgeon made pretty good money. He had a power of attorney for his dad, but when he died, the power of attorney was wrong. It gave full authority to do everything with his dad's assets, and then the son was taxed on everything he owned plus everything his dad owned. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so <clears throat> the thing is people don't know what their documents say. You, uh-huh. you may want to, you know, you, you, you get a, law, a form online and you check, I give every power, but that's too much to give what's called a power of appointment. That you don't want. Sometimes you want to give all sorts of power to buy, sell, lease, transfer, handle real estate, but you don't really want them to start gifting away your assets. Right. So it's, that's the danger. You might have creditor issues if you do the wrong sorts of documents. Uh, sometimes people try to do deeding things while they're alive to avoid court and probate, but then you don't get a step up in tax basis. So the issues are creditors, the issues are taxes, um, the issues are um, fighting amongst the family mm-hmm. when you don't do a full coordinated estate plan. Uh, you know, I mean, living trusts are not for everyone. I do will plans and what all, but one of the advantages is. When a living trust is done, you look at how you own things because sometimes you have a certain beneficiary on your life insurance and your IRA, and then you want your house to go one way. But when you do a trust, you want to look at everything you own and and figure out the coordination. A lot of times with will plans, you just say, I love you, honey. It's all yours, but it doesn't control very many assets. Hmm. Wow. Is that helpful? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of, uh, lot of nuance yeah. to it. Yeah. I was thinking about that stepped-up basis that yeah. – uh, that pops into mind. I've run into that. Oh, yeah. Think times. about some of your clients, right? They bought a house for less than 50 grand, right? right? It costs more to buy a car these days. And when they die, it's going to be worth $1.4 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you if you add your son or your daughter to the deed and then you die, it's not going to get a step up in basis. Hmm. And so then when they sell it, they're going to have a huge capital gain. 
Right. So you don't want to be pennywise pound foolish, you know. Hmm. So a lot of what attorneys do is we, we, we have to ask a lot of questions. Yep. You know, we want to uh, learn about the family. We want to learn about the assets. We want to learn about the goals. And then we can craft a plan that fits their particular needs. Hmm. So that sounds like a consequence of a bad estate plan. Are there other things that you think in the top of your mind of uh, a bad plan? Uh, yeah, think about people that did uh, even tax plans or trust plans, and they lived in California, and then they moved to Washington. This constantly happens, and maybe someone had language that says, oh, I want to give the maximum tax-free amount, whatever the federal law says, as amended. But are the laws in California different than Washington? They are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so California doesn't have a state-to-state tax. We do. And so, you know, it doesn't, it's not that difficult for a married couple to end up with, you know, more than two million bucks or more than four million bucks. And so the problem is sometimes you'll have a spouse die and you say everything goes into this federal protected tax box and you just caused a hundred to $240,000 tax. Hmm. So, so that's a, that's a big deal. So we have people moving from all around the country. Exactly. They should once they get settled, they should update or they amend should their sit down with an estate planning attorney that really knows the law and at least review their documents. Most likely, the one that they used in California may not be able to help them here. Right, right. I mean, I'm, I'm making true. an assumption, but in order to make sure that your plan is accurate for where you're living, you need to make sure it's. It a- always makes sense to check in with someone. And this, I don't know if this sounds self-serving or not, but I think the reality <laughs> is, doing your planning in Washington, since we're a community property state. You can have step up and basis and really good things. And so if you if you like did a trust plan in Washington and you moved out of state, yeah, you should sit down and review, but you probably just need to update powers of attorney. You probably don't have to change the, the trust language. Yeah. And but coming into our state, you better change it. You better be careful because we have a state estate tax. And for our listeners mm-hmm. out there, I just want to explain the, the step up that we're talking about because Brian and I have run into it many times is if you uh, with your spouse own a property and the spouse passes away, um, in that year when the spouse passes away, the valuation of the property, I'm not a CPA, by the way, yeah. but we have ones that we can talk to, the valuation of that home gets adjusted or stepped up to the current value for a tax basis. That's oversimplification, but it is something that folks need to be aware of. Yeah, and the cool thing in Washington, it doesn't just, if husband dies, you don't only step up husband's half. Wife is still alive, you step up her half. So you the get a amount. brand new entire value. So if you paid $14,000 for that home and it sell, uh, you know, husband passes away or wife passes away today and it's worth $700,000, that step up is to $700,000. Exactly. Today. Yeah. yeah. And then the survivor could Huge sell it tax and avoid 250000 above that. So it's, it's, it's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so what would happen if somebody just didn't plan at all? Like head in the sand. Yeah. So, I mean, you want to pick on the problems during life or problems on death? Um, how about <laughs> for those What's, left over? You know, that's, that, the, the problem is with the ones that are left, right? Yeah, I mean, well, the first problem, again, is, is incapacity means you have to go to court just to figure out who manages your money. And so this is a three- to four-month process, probably going to cost, you know, three to 15 grand just to appoint someone to manage your affairs, and then you have to count monthly to the court. And so that's that's a big problem. And then, you know, what happens when you die? It kind of rinse and repeat. So when you die, um, some assets skip a court process. You know, life insurance and IRAs and beneficiaries just go, you, you get a death certificate. But real property is just not that way. Hmm. Real property is going to require an intestate probate. Intestate sounds painful to us guys. It just means you <laughs> died without a will. And so the state has a certain order of people. And, you know, frequently it's correct where you'd want something to go to a surviving spouse or the children. But sometimes you want it to go unequally. 
and then you mm-hmm. have to get more agents to uh, agree and go to court, and you have to post a bond. So it's you know it's probably a six to eighteen month process mm-hmm. to go through an intestate probate. Okay, but as a community property state, uh, wouldn't that mean everything would just go to the spouse? No, and I'm so glad you brought that up. So um, community property means you'd get that step up in basis, but it doesn't change title. Oh, interesting. No, you can do an agreement. If you sit down with an attorney and you can't get it online or go to Office Depot, but you can do a community property agreement that says, hey, I love you, honey, and everything we have is community, and anything we get in the future is community, and when one of us dies, it all goes to the survivor without court, mm-hmm. you can do that. That, that sort of hmm. short three-page document can wipe out a $10,000 10-month probate, wow. but it doesn't happen by living here. Hmm. Good to know. Yeah. So people are living longer. Medical expenses are rising leading to many to worry about long-term care expenses. Is that something uh, an estate plan can help? Yeah, it absolutely is. And again, there's two issues. One is the who do you trust to manage things and to manage your care? I mean, that's really important. Who do you trust? And that's why we ask nosy questions about the kids. We <laughs> want to make sure you trust them. Sometimes you don't trust the kids. Or love them. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. or love them. <laughs> but then the other thing is there are ways to uh, do uh, irrevocable trust to insulate the home from creditors immediately and eventually from the state of Washington. Or when one spouse dies, there's a way to make sure the state will never put a lien on assets. So it's a very important asset, your home and your life and your care. That may be your life work. So that's pretty important. And that's also why you probably wouldn't want to do it yourself kit. Right. You have to have special qualified language to have these safe harbor sort mm-hmm. of trusts mm-hmm. in wills or, or outside of that. So, Stephen, how can people learn more and what are the next steps for someone who's ready to create their estate plan? Wow, they can learn more lots of ways. But, um, I mean, if they wanted to uh, go to our website, which is waltar.com, W-A-L-T-A-R.com. I'm relaunching the website, but it's got lots of good articles. When we give workshops, it's there. They could also just give us a call. We, we give free consults. We just think that we want to make the process easy. So you could always give us a call at 425-455-6788, 455-6788. And then you could come in and see one of our attorneys. We, we like to do a questionnaire, and that's kind of nice. That's, that's the next step. It's like if someone contacts us, we send them a questionnaire, and it's like an organizer. Mm-hmm. Are, are, is this a first marriage? Is it a second marriage? You know, mm-hmm. What are the names of the children? And then when people kind of add up their assets, when they come in with something like that, then we're just asking them lots of questions. But we right. can see their value. We can see their goals. And then we can craft, help them craft a plan that, that fits their needs. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Stephen, thank you for coming on the show. Um, I know... I mean, this conversation can go on forever. There's right. so much meat here. Right. Um, and it's great to have your services available to our, our listeners. All right. So you're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan at 1150 KKNW. And after the break, we have some more Real Talk as Brian drops some wisdom with a th- final thought. We'll be right back. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425 425- 
200-4093. Or check out our website at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Nothing is more important than your family. Do you have an estate plan that would protect them if you were gone? Steve Walter with Legacy Estate Planning has helped individuals and families just like yours create their estate plans, helping his clients preserve their wealth, protect their family, and leave their legacy. Steve has expertly crafted thousands of estate plans for his clients in the last 20 years, and he can help you too. To learn more, dial 425-455-6788. That's 425-455-6788. Or visit walter.com. That's walter, W-A-L-T-A-R.com to set up a free consultation. Legacy Estate Planning, helping you leave your best legacy. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. And as we finish up this show, I just wanted to share with you, um, now that the wonderful Liquid Sunshine is back, some uh, some events for you this up-and-coming weekend. So check this out, Brian. Wanderlust Seattle at Miramore Park. Now, for all of those yoga aficionados, Stephen, I know you <laughs> talked about that. This is a multi, multi-day celebration of yoga, fitness, and music held in awe-inspiring locations. I guess Miramore Park is an awe-inspiring location yes, for it is. those would-be uh, um, bendy people. Um, I know I've I've made a loose commitment to give it a shot sometime, and I think it'd be good for me, <laughs> yoga. Just kind of lower my blood pressure, that kind of thing. So it's uh, tickets are on Eventbrite, and it's May 18th and 19th. Also, for those of you that um, may want to warm up with a nice cup of tea, there's the uh, Chinese Tea and Culture presentation at the Bellevue Botanical Gardens, May 18th from 2 to 4. So check out the Botanical Gardens this weekend or Miramore Park. Brian, how about your final thought? Final thought. I uh, saw something this week that really inspired me. Um, it just made me think about uh, being the neighbor that you want to have. Mm. Sammamish uh, um, is my uh, hometown, stomping ground. And I love the, the people there and the culture. And uh, saw something this week where a family, uh, the father had passed away, and the now uh, single mom had a problem uh, uh, with her car. Mm. And they needed transportation. Took it to uh, Kalahani Chevron. Uh, the bill was pushing $5,000. Yeah. Uh, Sammamish police uh, took up a collection to pay for the parts because the, the, the mom didn't have the money to do this, and yet the family needs wheels. Uh, the owners of, of Kalahani Chevron... Uh, fixed the car. The police went to him to pay for the parts. They thanked him and said no. Um, those guys are awesome. They are they are truly the spirit of uh, the East Side that we love so much. And so, it just made me think about uh, loving your neighbor. Just really right. looking for people and take care of them. And and that's a business that uh, um, I uh, would encourage people to patronize because that's who they are. Awesome. But, uh, you know that's uh, and that's how Dan and I uh, try to run our business. But, uh, you know, putting people ahead of the money. And it's not, a, not every business that would do that. So I really have, uh, have to take my hat off to those guys. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Brian. It is, uh, you know, we all sell houses. We work in the business. You're, everybody here is serving the, the local community. And I love to hear stories like that. Yep. Thank you. Well, uh, that's a wrap. What a great show. I want to thank both Stevens for joining us today. If you have any real estate-related questions, have a local business or charity you'd like to feature on our show, please reach out to us at radio at the eastsiderealestateteam.com. That's radio at the eastsiderealestateteam. Thanks for listening to Real Talk.